All right. We are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Ava Benasaki with us from CPI Capital. Ava is another multifamily master out there right now, currently in Vancouver, but it sounds like she's moving to Florida, going the other way. Ava, I'm uh, super excited to jump into this. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Gabe. I'm very excited to, to talk shop with you. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on here, we like stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. I know you got a good one. So why don't we jump way back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Awesome. So my parents were both accountants. They never mm. invested in real estate. They never had any interest in real estate. So I have a very interesting story about how I got interested in real estate. I always wanted to be a realtor like right out of high school, um, but I was too young when I graduated high school at 17. So I waited waited a little bit until I was 22 years old. And then I actually okay. ended up getting my residential real estate license at the age of 22. Um, okay. I grew up in a very small kind of city. Um, everybody knew, liked, and trusted me there. So I, I dove into real estate and actually became quite successful at a young age. Um, so I kind of started my career there, um, was doing quite well. But I'm like, you know what? The world has more out there for me. I'm going to move to the big city, Vancouver City, which is actually the province next to Alberta where I grew up. Um, so I came out to uh, Vancouver. And I was, you know, my plan was to become a top performing agent here. Um, the world works in quite mysterious ways. And I ended up meeting my business partner, um, August Benias, who is the other co-founder of CPI Capital. And we kind of joined forces. He was a successful developer here in Vancouver. Um, and let's just say we found out about the syndication model. Mm-hmm. We got really excited about it. And we looked at each other and said, why the heck are we doing real estate here in Canada? The numbers <laughs> do not make sense here in Canada. Rent-to-value ratios are very low. Cap rates are very compressed here. Yeah. Um, and that's really where we started our journey. And I pivoted from being a residential realtor, pivoted re- right into real estate, private equity. And, you know, time flies. It was probably about three and a half years ago. And uh, that's when we came together and formed CPI Capital. And our mandate's really to partner with limited partners as, a, as our passive investors to acquire, acquire institutional multifamily assets throughout the Sunbelt states. Um, um, but as you mentioned when, I, when, we, when you were first introducing me there, we're going to have more of a focus on the Florida market. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually are moving to Florida way across the world from Vancouver. Um, so we're going to be joining it's you. It's sunnier there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to be joining you guys there in the U.S. Nice. I love it. Uh, well, hey, man, uh, parents that are accountants, I know they weren't in real estate, but accounting, that is a good background to kind of come from. I'm sure you kind of came into the real estate sphere with a little bit more nuanced uh, idea of how to underwrite these properties. That is so funny you say that. I had, I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'm like, mom and dad. I don't want it. Yeah. Take my books. I want nothing to do with numbers. And uh, hey, Gabe, sorry, can we pause for one second? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. We are back. You know, with uh, with live podcasts, live-ish, it's not quite live, but we like to roll with the punches. There was a little bit of a wardrobe mal- malfunction. We're back in it. Ava <laughs> was talking about her uh, uh, her parents. Um, your, they were accountants, but you did not want to be an accountant. You didn't like those numbers. Totally understandable. Um, how did that did that help you at all getting into your uh, you know your brokerage career? You know what? Actually, I was opposite for my parents again. And what I realized when I started my company, it's like focus on the things that you're very good at and just hire on everybody else Mm -hmm. to come in and fill the spots where you're not so good at. Um, So that's really what we had to do here uh, to build and scale and grow and um, and everything else. Nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, So you guys, you went, you met your partner in Vancouver and you guys decided to focus in on multifamily. 
Um, walk me through, you know, there's a ton of different asset classes in real estate, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. Walk me through the thought process that you guys kind of went through to arrive at multifamily and then also how you guys chose um, to move away from from Canada, even though you know you're, you guys are based there and uh, going to Florida. Yeah, well, one of the things that really got us excited from from day one was, you know, you're pretty much a negative ca- cash flow here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're dealing with multifamily on a single family home. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at buying a property for let's say eight hundred thousand dollars. You're renting it out for maybe twenty three, twenty five hundred dollars a month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. it's really really not the best investment, but it is for capital appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people that invest here, they're looking at it with that mindset. But we thought, hey, this is, you know, Canadians are very happy with a 6% average annualized return, Mm -hmm. 6 to 7. I mean, if you're talking anything plus 10, it's very exciting. So we thought, hey, we could could help a lot of people in Canada um, by setting up a streamlined, efficient, tax-efficient investment process so they can actually get their hands on U.S. real estate. Be relieved from all the pain points that Canadians have when investing across borders, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we're like, you know what, let's let's do this. Let's start let's start here in Canada and create create a, a total inv- investment process. And we did that, and it all started off with educating Canadian investors about you know how to access multifamily in the U.S. That there is going to be cash flow. There's going to be these great returns, fifteen plus percent. Our biggest pain point from day one was really that Canadians thought it was too good to be true. Um, <laughs> until we started closing on deals, um, then it really got people excited. People started talking. We started speaking across platform on platforms all across Canada, all across the U.S., and really started creating a big buzz. And that's where um, we, our investor community started growing. Um, we educated. We, I mean, we started growing our database for good, a good year before we actually closed on our first institutional multifamily asset. Because okay. we're really focused on that 150 plus doors. We're really focused on that garden style, resort style. You know, has the fitness center, has the pools, has that on-site office, um, and that's what we educated for. For probably again a good over maybe about a year, um, and got investors excited and said, "Hey, if we bring a deal to the table, would you be willing to invest?" And investors, we had it. We had quite the database in our personal residential, but it was about changing their mindset from being active investors really to you know giving a fifty thousand dollar check, hundred thousand dollar check to be a passive investor alongside us. Yeah. Um, so we really had to work on building that trust with investors before closing on our first deal. Yep. Yep, makes sense. Um, so it's interesting that you guys chose to jump, you know, feet first, head in, whatever the phrase you want to use, right into the 150 plus door sector of multifamily, because that's usually where most people they start smaller and then they work their way up to the larger deals, because that's where you're you're dealing with institutional buyers out there, and you're going to be seeing the lower cap rates. Why did you guys choose to focus in on those bigger assets um, that generally have less upside? Uh, but more, you know, more net uh, net gain. Once you're talking about increasing the cap rate by even one percent, you know, when we when we started, our business model was always to go after those institutional deals. But realistically, we're like, we can't do this on our own, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in Canada. We haven't we haven't put our we're not boots on the ground yet in the regions we want to be in in the U.S. So we did it a different way. We actually started off by partnering with a experienced operator mm. and bringing on a large portion of capital to that deal and learning the ropes 
um, as we moved along. So that way we can. I'm uh, I'm gonna jump in here because I yeah, like please. what you said there. We've talked about so I've had you know other syndicators on, and I've always said if you guys want to learn an asset or learn a specific type of an asset, a specific way to do a deal, anything like that jump in and invest in somebody else's project. That's the best way to learn how they're doing it. Somebody who's already going through the rope. So it sounds like that's what you guys did. Love to hear that. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the best way to learn. You know, people, they want to do it by themselves and then everything falls apart, right? You want to do it with somebody who has done it, closed on deals, made a successful business plan and really followed their lead. Because from day one, we always wanted to be an operational real estate private equity firm. We never wanted to be capital raisers or, you know, we weren't in the business, we're not in the business of raising capital, but we never wanted to just come on as that portion of the GP, right? Because if you look at the GP, um, side of things, there's kind of, it's kind of like a pie, right? You have the acquisition where you find the deal, you have the relationships with brokers and so forth. Then you have the asset management where you're managing the deal, um, throughout the, throughout the holds. And then you really have that capital raise part. So we really became really strong at that capital raise part because we knew, Hey, listen, when we have enough money where we can press a button and raise the capital for our own deals, at that point, we're going to have growing our team with our own acquisition director and our own asset manager and so forth. But we realistically, you have to start somewhere and you want to learn from the best and grow your grow your systems and processes so that everything goes smooth when you do plan on taking on your own asset. Nice. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, so I told you before, this is a, it's a short podcast, but there's so much we can get into. There are two questions I want to ask before we move on. Um, and the first one is about the capital side of things, raising the capital and nurturing those uh, limited partner relationships. You know, it is a relationship, even though they are just giving you the, their money. Um, you are you're 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 in charge of a very important part of people's life is their their ability to you know have security. And so, so, how do you guys go about nurturing those limited partner relationships, both before they invest and then during uh, during their actual um, investing period when they're part of your your deals? Yeah, so we're we're boutique real estate investment firm, I like to say. So we're really hands-on with our investors. Um personally all my investors have my my they have my personal cell phone number and very easy to access. Um so you know when when an investor signs up you know, through whatever funnel they've come through, I really get in contact with them and I nurture them until we do have a deal. Um, not only that, what we do, I get on a Zoom call usually, usually whatever time they need. Book a second one. The first one's usually half an hour. Then we'll book a second one. Um, but we nurture our investors through educating them on a weekly basis. So my partner does write um, a blog, an educational blog. And we send it out every Sunday at 3 a.m. PST. Oh, wow. Every Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, we don't miss, we don't miss a beat. And then on top of that, you know, we're always trying to, these are high net worth people, right? So they always want access to exclusive dinners. They want access to exclusive events. They want access, you know, they want this exclusive experience. Um, so we try to give that to them as well. Um, and that's kind of how we nurture our investors until again, we have a deal. And then once we close on a deal, it's really about communication. They want to, they're like, Hey, I just gave you a check. Don't disappear on me. Um, so every month they receive an email from me and it's just an update on the property important things like where's the occupancy at, you know, what renovations have been done, uh, what community, what events have we held in the communities and our properties? Cause these are larger, these are larger properties. There's community events like food truck comes out or maybe cookies for the kids at Halloween or Christmas. And then on top of that, we always do a quarterly, um, update on rent rolls and financials. Um, and you know what, to be honest with you, I try to get on a call with my investors every quarter. 
Mm-hmm. Have a quick call. Some of them want to chat it up. Some of them want to just make it short and sweet. Um, but constant communication and, and just letting them know that you're constantly on top of on top of mind and they're they're being well taken care of. So that's really how we nurture investors. I say that's probably the most important part of this business because without them, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Capital is is one of the most important levers uh, of the the real estate transaction. Um, and yeah, I mean communication just. The fact of that just doing the communication is the most important thing. So many people get held up on how the communication looks and all that stuff. It is important, you know, that it is in in a digestible format. But the fact that you are consistently communicating is the most important piece. Um, so people don't feel like they're they're left out in the dust there. Um, okay, one last question before we move on, and this is about finding your deals. Uh, I'm curious, starting out in 150 plus units, you know the the big boys. How did you guys go and find that first deal that you closed on? Well, we actually, so we actually made ourselves really well known in the multifamily fraternity, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool because we there's people reaching out to us, mm. um, but we actually ended up we we ended up becoming very close with a particular syndicator. Um, okay. You know, had dinner with his family and everything else, and built the trust. They opened their books to us, and that's when we we decided who we wanted to partner with. Um, somebody who we were particularly looking for a syndicator who had a hundred million dollars more mm-hmm. of assets under management and had particular things about them, um, and just showed success of closing on deals. Now we have our own acquisition director in house, um, where he, you know, some people like to be in different regions, and that's totally fine. And we actually have properties in Orlando, Florida, Charleston, South Carolina, Houston, Texas, but we are going to be focusing kind of on the Florida market. And how do you really get yourself known in the Florida market? You figure out who are the top brokers there. You go take them out for lunch. You wine and dine them. You you sign up to all the the different um, sites so that you can get the deals sent that way. So that's really how we're looking for deals now. Um, Broker relationships. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. We've said it so many times on this podcast. Relation or relationships is everything in real estate. It all comes down to relationships. So everybody you meet, treat them well, and uh, eventually something's going to work out. Uh, And I like, I heard you say Charleston in there. It's one of my favorite cities. I I haven't bought anything there myself. I do self-storage and I've looked for self-storage in the area, but I'm jealous that you own something in Charleston because I absolutely love that city. (laughs) It's a great place. You'll have to, you'll have to put a property. uh, You'll have to grab a property (laughs) there. Yeah, grab one out there. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the main section. I'm going to move us on to the quick question round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. It starts with books or any form of education. I need two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Okay, wonderful. Um, I would say for real estate, it's going to be Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Mm-hmm. That's more like building a company and, and really succeeding, Deleg- being being a master at delegation so that you can really build your, your company. Um, and then on the personal side, um, Life Force by Tony Robbins. Oh, cool! I like yeah. both of those. I haven't read either of them, but I've heard uh, I've heard yeah, great, sure. great sure. things about both of those books. Um, and I need to I need to pick them up. All right, moving on to the next question, and this is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Ava who was just getting her broker's license back when she was twenty two. Go back to her, look her in the eye, give her one piece of advice moving forward. Start investing. I was one of those. I was one of those young people who made money, and they, I wanted to be cool. You know, I wanted the nice car, I wanted the fashion. I never invested. Um, I didn't. It wasn't until my later twenties where I'm like, I really understand it and started learning about investing and how it could change your life around. So, if I could go back, that would be my advice, without a doubt. 
I am going to start keeping track of how many people come on here. I ask that same question and they all say, I wish I started earlier. Mm -hmm. So if there's anybody out there who is early 20s, you guys are just getting your first job, start now. Just go out, get yourself a deal done. You're not going to regret it once you're uh, you know, 36 like I am and you're you got some years behind you. So start investing today. I'm going to move us on to the next one. And this is about your business. Um, businesses are run by the people who work with us. So what are the first three positions you hired? And would you hire it in a different order if you did it today? Okay. Um, so a personal assistant, mm. that was the first one just to take off some of the weight. And then we hired on an acquisition director, which is great. Um, I wouldn't say we hired on an acquisition director. We had somebody come on and partner with us. Um, so it's a little bit different from hiring. Um, and then the third person is investor relations to come mm -hmm. on and take on some of those, uh, leads so that people that come through the funnel, um, they are taken care of. Nice. I love it. And would you do it anywhere, any different, you know, in a different order if you did it again today, or did that satisfy what you were looking for? You know what, Gabe, I think we would have brought on an acquisition director a little bit sooner, but it's not easy to find a good partner. Um, it's yeah. easy to hire somebody probably, but it's not easy to find a good partner who, you know, wants to act like this is their baby, uh, put their blood, sweat and tears. Um, it's not easy. You know, people think that, you know, you just start buying properties and you become a millionaire overnight. That's not, that's not what happens behind scenes. Um, so, so yeah, that's probably what we would do. Yeah. Finding good partners is hard. That is for sure. Um, there's so many, you know, there's so many things that have to go right. It's not just about finding somebody that is interested in real estate. So understand that one. Um, I'm going to move us on to the next one. And this is mentors. Uh, none of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today? This is going to sound kind of funny, but my partner, Right. Um, August Spinias, he's been my mentor, my coach kind of from day one and he's a successful guy. Um, and he's, he's played a huge part in everything. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The people we spend the most time with, those are our biggest mentors. So love to hear that second to last question here. And this is about your strengths. We all provide unique gifts that we give this world. So what is your superwoman strength? My superwoman strength, probably the ability to just create strong relationships with people. I'm a people's person. Um, so that's probably my superpower. There you go. All comes back to relationships. Yeah. All right. Last question. And this is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of things to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out. What is the best way for them to get in contact with you? You can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. Just Ava Benasaki. Or you can check out my, my website, cpicapital.ca. Cool. That is cpicapital.ca. I will put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Ava, hear about her deals, everything she's doing, go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find her links. All right, Ava, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks, Gabe. This has been great. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is to give us a like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. 
We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.